Welcome to the AFL Aholic Show. Your unofficial AFL show starring free unprofessional idiots talking a whole lot of garbage. But if you do enjoy it, make sure you chuck it a like. G'day guys and welcome back to AFLaholics for another week. Um, I'm your host Martin, so I must have done a pretty decent job again last week without our fearless Hayden because I've got him the gig of kicking off the show again. What a round of footy we've had today. We're going to be talking about, unfortunately, uh, coronavirus is back in the AFL environment and mm. system and here back in Melbourne. Um, we had some absolute ripping games of footy, one of my favourite rounds for a very long time with a few close results that just has opened up the whole eight. Fucking eight um, today. Yeah, mainly GWS. Um, we're also talking tribunal. It was a very big round there and lots of action and suspensions and everything to discuss. And um, of course, joining me this week, welcoming him back as you just heard him is Hayden. Say good day. G'day guys, how are we going? Uh, unfortunately, we're also without our other fearless leader in Tony this week. Unfortunately, he's got a gym I'm session. Sure. <laughs> he's got a gym <laughs> session he needs to attend this week. He was worried we'd go into lockdown and he was like, I could squeeze in that one last session, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, speaking of lockdown, we might as well just kick it off with it. Coronavirus is back, mate. It's back in Victoria. Uh, uh, like, as everyone, we're, we're definitely, you know, we're over it. We don't want it back, but unfortunately, that's not how it works. Just because we're over it, it doesn't go away. Yeah. And until, you know, we all kind of get vaccinated and the yeah. government sorts out their shit yeah. to get it out of, um, or to keep. Yeah, it's really hard to contain, you know, the whole world is still really suffering with it. So, yeah. we just got to do what we can. I think we're the slowest country rolling it out at the moment too. Not the slowest, slowest, but we're one of the slowest, like at the moment uh, rolling especially it. Especially for the developed world, I'm sure we would be, but... You can hear there's still stigma around it and everything like this or that. Like, we don't want to talk too many politics here, but um, we'll keep it short and sweet, I guess, well in the sense of everyone go get vaccinated. The sooner we are, the sooner, you know, um, it's less of a risk to us yeah. herd immunity and we can move on with our normal lives and just enjoy footy and um, all the other, you know, luxuries that we get in this, uh, this modern-day society, which is great. My quick question on coronavirus still, though, is... Did you have to wear a mask today? Have you had to wear one today? Um, yeah, I did because I popped out of my apartment. So anytime outside of my home and inside, indoors, had to wear it. Does it take uh, you back to deep, to deep, sad moments in our lives? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mind it that much. I actually said to someone the other day um, in terms of, oh, if this is the, like, just please don't lock us down. Like, do whatever, like we need to not lock down. If I have to wear a mask everywhere, yep. I'll wear a mask everywhere. I, I don't agree. care. Don't lock us down. So even though it, they just went straight to wear it everywhere inside, it wasn't like, oh, only wear it if you, can so if you can't social distance or only in the shops or on the train or whatever. I prefer this, be overly cautious initially. If we have to lock down, you know, for three or five days or whatever, bring it on. Um, as long as we avoid those months, you know, of lockdown, but these short, sharp ones seem to have worked. So, um yeah, and hopefully, well, obviously, one AFL game's already been postponed for the Hawks next week, and we'll yeah, I'm sure we'll get to that a bit later on. But hopefully, that's the only kind of alteration we have. I know it'll somewhat help with the buys in like Supercoach and Fantasy and whatnot to have one team that'll play through while the rest of the teams aren't. But for this week, it uh, leaves us in a bit of a tricky situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll just have to see kind of what happens, and hopefully, all the other games can go ahead. 
hopefully there's no more cases or if there are any cases they're not mystery and we know the source and therefore we feel that it's being somewhat contained and hopefully fingers crossed i can go to the footy this weekend yeah and fingers fingers crossed there's no more uh what's called positives from the footy this weekend because we've had two positives now one at the Essen and North mm. Melbourne game and one at the Collingwood versus Port Adelaide game last week crazy I uh, know and, and to they, some extent it was inevitable right because yeah. like here in Victoria we love our footy bloody we all bloody footy. love our footy and we love going we're not like Sydney where you know we only attend if it's perfect conditions or a really good game we're, well, like, we're not like Richmond and we game. only attend Mar- we don't attend Marvel games <laughs> that's true <laughs> that's true but um yeah, so it was inevitable till someone went, but that's exactly why we've had zones at the footy and you've got to sit in your assigned seat and then they can kind of, because at least you're outside, but especially at the footy, like when you're kind of crammed in and if yelling or if it's a close game or whatever, and it was the Pies um, Port game at least, the other one wasn't as close, but if you're standing up there yelling, whatever, there's definitely saliva and spit going on the person in front of you, so... Yep. You know, but outside of that, considering it wasn't the biggest crowd and everything, hopefully we get on top of it pretty fast. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and we don't have to talk about it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, to anyone out there that, that possibly are showing symptoms or yes. know anyone who's been the into day. those games and whatnot, just make sure you do go get tested and isolate um, yourself. Even just check in on your mate. Yeah. Even just go check in. Like, if you know someone attended the game and they're not big on social media or watch the news, just hit them up going, oh, hey, That's mate, it. I don't know if you heard, but... Did you go to the Pies game on Sunday? I know you're a big fan. They've just said if you have any symptoms, even if you're not in that area, go get tested. If you were, then you got to isolate and everything yeah. and just look after yourself because we've got to help each other out. That's right? it. That's what we are. Everyone plays their part. And, uh, and um, we'll get it. through it. That's it. Oh, oh that's enough on that, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> enough. enough. Yeah. Let's move on. We're not talking about COVID for the rest of the year. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I kind of want to kick off the episode this week with uh, starting early. You're just on our unsung heroes and our dickheads of the week, mate. Yeah, let's mix it up, mate. That oh, sounds good today. Our dickheads might be a bit, <laughs> a bit, a bit annoying, but our unsung hero of the week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am chucking. He's been he's been here for a while, but Tom Liberatore. He is having. His career best season this year. An absolute blinder. Absolute blinder. <laughs> he is at the moment, Martin. He is first in the competition for clearances and second for contested possessions. And it's it's Not actually surprising. it's actually neck and neck with him and Clayton Oliver. So he's first yeah. for clearances, Oliver's second, and uh, then he's second for contested and Oliver's first. So. But, you know, because he's that in and under player, he just doesn't get that credit, like, yeah. where he wins the hard ball. Like, that contested possession is so valuable in our game. And um, But will he get the port? It's, you know, like, Bontempelli, like, Trevor, exactly. like, McRae. Exactly. Um, so that's that's a really good unsung <laughs> hero, actually. And he's been so consistent this yep. year. And I've got a doggy supporter, mate. Um, that you don't know actually, and he never shuts up about him. It's actually super annoying. Whenever they're on, um, you'll just hear Liba, Liba, oh doggies, <laughs> and just never shuts up about it. But um, he, he does have merit. He's not, yeah, he's bringing to our attention uh, the truth and the facts that Libra is having an absolute blindness. So that's a great, great unsung hero. That's it. And yourself, mate. And myself, yeah, my one. Okay, so. I'm kind of semi-biased with this player. Um, not because he's Geelong, but because in one of my fantasy Supercoach Dream Team competitions, I, I kind of got him early off the off the junk pile, off the free agents, and he's been dominating this year. And this week, I'd, arguably, you'd have to say he was a major part in them getting over the line. And this 
young man is Ben Keys from Adelaide. Ben so, Keys. I don't know. Some people that aren't maybe massively in the footy might not even know who he is kind of yet. Yeah. But he's a young player. He kicked two goals um, when they won by one point over Melbourne. And he had 34 disposals. He's averaged 27 disposals this season, which is just fantastic. Gross. And I even looked it up. And last year, he was averaging... Where is it? Average disposals. Last year, he was averaging 16.6 disposals. Yep. And this year, it's jumped up to 27.7. So, that's a huge lift. That is huge. So, he's having a massive breakout season. It's only, well, it's his sixth season now. So, he's, you know, early 20s getting towards that mid so the peak of his career essentially so now it's really good that um yeah i really rate him as a player and we just kind of think um, i remember talking to a few mates about him and they're like oh he's gonna drop off you know he'll just drop yep. off soon and he can't keep up this form and he just has yep. so all credit to him and when your side wins beats the unbeaten top of the table you know team, and, and, and you play um, a big part in the game too that's it like um, there are other stars in that game and obviously you'll always get like Tex Walker because he kicked the last goal everyone will talk about him but um, yeah so massive shout out and well done to Ben Keys this season beautiful and our dicker of the week we are talking before the show uh, we couldn't really, we couldn't really think of anyone together, but obviously we didn't just... want the easy kill. Yeah, we, we didn't, didn't want the easy kill. Where everyone's bagging out the umpires this week, and we'll talk about that a bit later on. But we weren't gonna yeah. shove them up to the bus. We wanted to think a bit harder. So yeah, yeah I'll jump in here, hated anyway. But they yeah, are dickhead of the week. Our shared dickhead of the week. Yeah, here. we're just gonna call out the South Australian hotel quarantine system. What so it's your <laughs> we're just gonna. <laughs> Be unreasonable and go, it's completely your fault that Melbourne's now cooked and um, how ironic that they're closing the border on us because of the case they generated from them in their hotel quarantine system. Uh, and then they'll and sit there and make Melbourne. And they'll sit there and make memes about us saying, Oh, bloody Victoria again, back in lockdown, blah blah blah. That's it. That's it. So that's our dickhead of the week. Just get your hotel quarantine right, mate. Yeah. And We've never had issues in Victoria with hotel right. quarantine, so yeah, Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and um, you know, if you've got a whole bloody empty hotel put one person per floor or something, you know, don't put them directly opposite each other. Exactly. And someone sneezes or coughs and it goes through the air vents, whatever bullshit they want to say, but... Yeah, that's it. I couldn't <laughs> we're, we're, we're sick and tired of it, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, speaking of such a good week yeah. of footy, there were some some very, very, very tight games, some very good, oh. enjoyable last two minutes, to be honest. Mate, uh, like I mentioned um, at the top of the show when I opened so gallantly, um, to be honest, this is one of my favourite rounds of footy I can remember. Like, yeah, just the upsets and the quality of the upsets and what it does to the ladder. Like, I think last week and even the week before, we are kind of hinting towards going, oh, who can you see dropping out of the eight and on current form and current results and going, oh, you know, Sydney's kind of dropped off now and GWS, nah, now, you know, Toby Green's injured, this and that. And then all of a sudden, bang, bang, bang. Yeah. And what a bloody fantastic round of footy. I just loved it. Oh, that's it. And then, and like you were saying to me before the show, it's all the old people, the experience, getting the job done. Yeah, for sure. So, and a couple of those tight ones to expand on that. The, the big stars, the old experience heads, um, just taking control. And obviously, we've got big Tex, big Walker. Big. Tex, a couple of weeks off. Thought, oh, you know, is does he have an injury niggle or whatnot, or is his form, his early season form, a write-off? Because he was a bit quiet before he did have that rest. Yep. But to come in and you know have that big influence, yeah, kick the goal, yep. the winning goal, that's it, and kick it, and kick a few in a tight, low-scoring, um, or not too low-scoring, but in a tight kind of game. Um, yeah, that was massive. And then the other one was Fife. 
Yep. So to kick that, it was an absolute scraggly kick, wasn't it? Like it just kind of rushed, snap onto the boot and it was wobbly. It did not, it wasn't pretty, but it got the job done and it went through and all, all credit to him. And to keep their season essentially alive after three losses in a row to pull that win um, out of the bag, albeit at home um, from a hun- hungry kind of Sydney side, that was an eight pointer for them. So instead of them being on 16 and Swans being on 28, now it's only one game between them at percentage. So. It yeah. was absolutely massive. So uh, it is huge. Well, do you want to kind of kick off about uh, the games of the round, anyway? So, my personal favorite game of the round was obviously Demons losing. Uh, it's always it's <laughs> it's always good to see. Uh, Crash back to earth. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, for that game, obviously, there is a lot of contention around the umpire in that, and that's oh, that's the easy kill that we will talk about soon. But wow, Adelaide! I know it's their home ground, and you've got the. Um, noise of affirmation but geez they played some good footy there and the good thing about that is is now we've got a new minor premier leader at the moment in the bulldogs top of the table yeah and look at their percentage it's insane 161.9 percent for 10 rounds into the into the um season that is pretty insane that is some big kills uh they've got that north and that st kilda kill there that absolutely skyrockets them into there and, and their form of recent ever since richmond obviously their dogs they're, they're looking they're yeah. looking good but, yeah um, it was as people say the loss that they needed apart from the fact we're not actually talking about the doggies yeah, game but it's hard to not give them some credit we're not really going to talk about the dogs game that much because it was just an easy kill but uh, on a side note then or while we're briefly on the dogs i'd have to say or can can you see like uh, my opinion is that they're best when they're flying and their best footy this season is the best footy we've seen like no one's best is as good as the dogs when they're flying 100%. but um but at the same time in come finals time you're not going to be playing st kilda are you so yep. you're going to be playing harder teams that are going to give a yelp they're going to play a bit more structure so to see this friday night that we'll get to later as well when they do play melbourne and um, will be pretty huge so to move back onto the Crows Melbourne game, um, all credit to the Crows because like um, the the Demons are actually sixteen points up in that fourth quarter, <coughs> like semi late into five, that quarter. Five minutes to go. That's it. That's nuts. Like five minutes left, and for them to be able to lift. Although, yeah, we can always talk about umpires and this and that, but everyone makes mistakes. It's part of you know, it's part of the game that players make mistakes in those big moments and. Seemingly so to umpires, um, yeah. But you know that that happens. That's footy. That's life. So yep. what a win and good on the crows for upsetting the apple cart once again. Yeah, and the, and the big forwards getting to work. You know, the last three goals was Walker, Fogarty, and then Walker again. You know, it's uh, yeah, good to see them getting that recognition and playing that good footy. What was your round of the game? Uh, game of the round. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I think it's really hard to kind of move past. Um, the GWS Giants upset over West Coast. Like, everyone kind of wrote them off. I know I definitely did, where we all know that West Coast Eagles aren't the same side away from home that they are um, at Optus Oval and in Perth. But when we see the outs that the Giants had, um, was it Finlayson and um, Toby Green? Was Finlayson the other one? No, he he came back in. Oh, he came back in. Who was the other player? There was one other player that, anyway, another big player that went out of the side. I remember it was someone key position. Anyway, yep. and um, they looked really under man. We're thinking, where are their goals going to come from? Well, that's right. Finlayson was the one that kicked like three goals. I think it was one yep. of their best forwards. 
So, um, yeah, that was an incredible win by them. And I just thought they were, um, yeah, really, really good. And you know it's your day when, you know, you win in a relatively tight game. And did you see that goal that Finlayson actually kicked that bounced, like, on a 90-degree angle and it was a complete, like, off-break? Like, yep. the ball, you kick that 100 <laughs> times in that same position, it's not going to bounce like that Never, ever again. Yeah. Yeah. It was insane. So, and, that, that was really good. And the ball on the string for that game. For sure. And the other one that I had to kind of mention, um, apart from the fact that they're in the eight now, like we thought the eight was, you know, kind of closed off and whatnot and Richmond, you know, we're all just waiting for them to kind of pounce and pick up, <laughs> but they lost and it really left the door ajar for them. And um, Kelly, we've got to give credit to Josh Kelly. He really lifted. He was acting captain on the day. And uh, you'd almost make the argument now, it's hard to see the captaincy kind of going back to Kiniglio. <laughs> Yeah, in a oh, sense 100%. of like at the moment, even if he was fit, it'd be so hard to drop Green. Like, um, yeah, what's his name? Uh, Tom Green. He's been unbelievable. Like, yep. he had a few quiet games early on. They dropped him for a bit, and now through injury or whatnot, he's come back in. But he's really held his own, and um, yeah. So all credit to GWS and to uh, and to the coach as well, because he always cops it when yep, you know time. driving the Ferrari, Cameron. Um, yeah, it's really uh, this and that, but. Finally, when yeah. they string, you know, they've won three of their last four, and, and they've really uh, kept their season alive. And now that now their team's getting targeted by uh, people who always wanting their players and whatnot too, so like people are trying That's to it. knock them off the top of themselves in that type of um, sense of having depth. You know, like everyone's trying to get into their depth. I also could not agree more. I, I like I, I like Caniglio as a player, but geez, like yeah. you've got a man a case for these two blokes that have come in and done a job and. Like like we used to bang on about um, Toby Green, like these these players just stand taller and and they actually do legitimately become a giant, you know. And they're, the, they're spiritual leaders at that club, and they're the real barometers. Like exactly, yeah. You'd almost say it's hard to argue against. Like if Green is up and about, they pretty much don't lose. Like it's yeah. so hard to keep him down when he's up. Um, well. Caniglio, yeah, he's a great player. And it's easy to kind of forget when he's injured and not playing and whatnot. And he can definitely add to the team, but I don't think he has that same um, vigor. And he doesn't, you know, look the other players, boys in the eyes and go, come with me, you know, I'm leading the way. Here we go, boom, like the other guys do. So, um, yeah, all credit and we'll see kind of what happens next from there. But, okay, so the next game that I'm uh, really keen to talk to you about is, of course, just to touch on somewhat briefly, uh, is the Brisbane-Richmond uh, game. Uh, from Friday night because it was pre before the uh, round started it was pretty much the match like that we all kind of lined up as being the game yep. of the round and there was a big at least for me uh, on the mental side of things it was a really big win for the Lions because the last time that you obviously played there was in the grand final although your team is obviously severely depleted you are still getting the respect you deserve for winning yep. you know so many premierships in a short amount of time and um, yeah so what, what are your thoughts on the game? One era against another, isn't it? Um, obviously, one's a bit about twenty years <laughs> twenty years past, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, none of the players are left from there, mate. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Imagine versus black, brown, bloody all these type of players, Lynch. Um, but yeah, nah, my thoughts on that game is it was pretty similar to what Tony was saying last week. I kind of thought, I, I kind of already felt like we were going to lose it um i was very happy yeah. with the boys start the way they played but um obviously, yeah they're on fire jack I've, kicked three goals in the first quarter didn't he yes yes and then he yeah. then, then he found himself quite pretty quiet after that to be honest um i think he got another one late in the game but um 
Yeah, no, I, I kind of just I could already see that. Um, you could see the experience of the midfield just drop off once Brisbane got on their own terms in that second, like late, uh, mid-term of that second quarter. And then, like, at halftime, I, I, I just felt that we were going to lose that game from then on. But um, yeah, it's fair. And it's it, really and, hard when yeah. you're missing so many players and your system can only take you so far. And to be honest, Brisbane, we're awesome. Like, yeah. uh, like one of the players of the future, and we can all see the talent he has, is, uh, is Zach Bailey. Uh, Bailey uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'd say Bailey's more that younger, kind of yep. still just finding his feet. Well, McCluggage was good to the second half of last year. He was really impressive, and he's kind of carried that on. He had a couple of quiet games, and then when Neil went down, he's really, really lifted McCluggage as well. But, yeah, because Bailey got four goals, as well as Hipwood, who's kind of finding a bit more consistency. So those yep. two, yeah. Four goals each um, was just massive. Well, I think so. I think the addition of Danaher has just changed the dynamic of them playing. That's true. Because now it's given it more freedom. Well, now right? now it's given Hipwood. It's kind of similar to like the like you know every club now like with like Hawkins and uh, Cameron, Rewalt and Lynch, Darling and Kennedy. Yeah. You know, it's given them that now now, yeah. now now Hipwood's getting that second defender. You know what I mean? That's uh, it. And, That's it. Targets uh, exactly. More targets, more options. So like uh, every, every forward line's pretty much built similar these days. You know, two big key forwards and then a lot of small dynamic forwards. You know, like you've got your Camerons, you've got your um, what's his name, Papley. Um, you've got your Shea Bolton. You know, like all these type of Brian Myers, like type of small players. So it's all pretty much built the same. So I think they've definitely changed that dynamic. And then like, geez, like their midfield depth in a sense, like you know, you, oh. you see Neil go out and you think, Lucky oh, Neil come yeah, back in. Yeah, yeah, right. no, no, no. yeah. You, you see Neil go it's and you're like, right. oh, what's going to happen? And then you got the people like Lions, McGluggage, and now like even Zach Bailey standing up. It's yeah. just, well, it's just insane. You can really, they're like to be honest, I. I still say it, you can see um, no one's putting them as premiership favourites at this stage, but they've been on or about the mark now for three or four seasons. Like where they've been, they've made what the top four the last two last two seasons. They won their first final last year because they went out in straight sets the year before that. But now they've kind of built up that um, resilience and that finals experience, yep. and they're they're going to be a really good side for quite a while i think like where they've got a good core group there there's no one that, that that's that old um on their list like they've beaten a couple good names in that in their in their winning streak here so it will be interesting to see where they do drop their next game and um yeah and someone will have to play pretty good to beat and one other thing i had to mention from the game and that's probably the last thing i'll mention on it that i really loved was um how you could tell that they really trained for the Dusty Don't Argue. Mm. Um, I don't know if you saw those two or three times where they jumped. Dusty went to put it and they went bang and they lifted their arms and they just slapped yeah. it down. It's like, fuck off. And they just yeah. in the ball. I loved it. I, I, was, I, I think, I think, I think the it. best thing for that was is, like I said, with the midfield depth, like Dusty was the only man, you know what I mean? So they, yeah. they knew, if, yeah, they, yeah. They knew yeah. if they could stop that. They could stop that whole that whole midfield in a sense, like you know, like they could like obviously uh, players are always gonna do something good yeah. here and there, like you know, like Collier Dawkins the way he ran that ball out that one time and all that stuff. But you know, like you can nullify a lot of that. But Dusty's obviously yeah. like the game changer in our team, especially in the midfield when you know we need him. So like sure. e- e- even even that other tactic, Robinson, like instead of like slapping his arm away, he kind of like jumped up so he had. Yeah, actually, actually yeah, got yeah. on top of him exactly. in a sense, you know, like like a bear hug. Yeah, exactly. Thing, like so like, but clamped on him. So like, you, usually was... he can get away with his um stiff arms when when you've got like good midfielders around you because like they help in and assist. But you know, like um, 
No, that's yeah, even by surprise. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know definitely. he's gonna do it, but it's kind of like because they're like, okay, like they're focused, like okay, I've got to get him, like he's got the ball, I've got to run at him, yeah. And then before you know it, they kind of look up and bang, it's yeah. just a hand in their he, face or on their chest. It's always such a random like timing, thing. though, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah. like even as a fan, like I've reaction. Just, I, I, I just, I like as much as he don't argues. I never see it coming, even as just a spectator of my own team. Like, I literally no, go, oh, you know, shit, like, it, it, it actually catches you by surprise, you know? Like, and- well, it opens up the game so much just to break that tackle, because instead of, like, Joel Selwood's style of, like, exploiting the tackle yep. and dropping lower than what they, the tackler is, so therefore it gets high contact. Yep. Um, in terms of, yeah, just a different style. Because when you break that one tackle, though, it opens up the game so much, essentially. So, anyway, that's yeah. enough on that's yep, enough on the Tigers. I'm going to throw a question at you now. Yeah, Look, please do. So, let's... Early in, 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 the, in the season, we used to say, oh, it's too early to predict, blah, blah, blah. We're getting to the halfway mark now. Who... I know it's, it, I mean, it's just a prediction. Who is your top yeah. four? Top four? Yep. Okay, my top four for the season. So it's uh, really and, hard. And, and I know it's hard to see without like the fixture and exactly what games oh, no. are coming up. No, but but I mean that. like just first, second, third, team. fourth, like like not even just yeah. like the mix, like it's the order, like of like your most dominant teams or what you think it will be. Yeah, well, it's really hard to see um, the dogs and uh, Melbourne drop out of those top two kind yep. of thing, just because of the form that they're in, the form that they're displaying. I don't like. I don't know if that'll translate to. Um, winning or may- even making the grand final, as we all know, uh, it's pretty rare where you finish one or two that you do just win the premiership. Like yep. I don't think Richmond's ever won it from first spot when they made first. They no. job went out earlier. Yep. Um, so yeah, so I'd say uh, Dogs and Melbourne in first and second. I'm actually going to go Melbourne first. I think they're um, overall the more rounded kind of side when they start when the Dogs start playing a few more top eight sides like your Brisbane, Geelong, and whatnot. Um, it'll be really interesting to see kind of what happens. But, um, yeah, so I'm going Melbourne first, Doggy second. Um, I think Geelong are only going to get better in terms of... I actually don't think we've been playing that well. We've just been getting the wins, and somehow we've been able to string enough wins together. Got a bit lucky here or there. To be, and, to be, know, to be completely the, fair to you, I feel like Port Adelaide are in a similar position. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do as well, but I feel they get exploited a lot more out uh, when they're away from home. Yep. Um, more so. Um, yeah. So anyway, so I'll go. I'll go Geelong in third, and then I think that fourth spot is the one that's still kind of open. But at this stage, based off, I actually think it's pretty much going to stay the same. Then, so I'll, at this stage, I'll leave uh, Brisbane in there because uh, Port I feel can drop off a bit. So they're being probably the most inconsistent. Although they're on, the, you know, the same points. Whatever Brisbane have won six in a row. They're in better form. It's harder to see that. Like their structures look better. They've just got, you know, Lockie Neal to come back in and everything like that. Uh, I didn't even finish on what I was going to say with Geelong, but um, even like, you know, now Mitch Duncan's out. Um, Dangerfield's not that far away from coming back. Our injury list, Dangerfield's actually the, um, I was looking at it earlier today, is our longest term injury of relevance. So oh, okay, yeah. when you look at it going, wow, we're actually like, after the buy, post buy, when he comes back, we'll pretty much have a full list. Like, you know, someone's going to get injured again. Yep. But depending on how important whoever it is. And if we actually start to click, especially the more games we get with Danger and Cameron in the side, like they haven't even played together practically at the moment. I don't even think they actually have played together at all. But um, yeah, so they can only get better, I imagine, as well. So yeah, so to recap, 
Melbourne first, Dogs second, Cats third, and Brisbane fourth. How about yourself? I'll just go quickly. I think Dogs hold the minor premiers. I think Melbourne slide one. Um, and I think Brisbane go second. Melbourne end up third because it's only two games and like you know there's yeah, still there's true. still a lot of rounds to go so I still think yeah. Melbourne can drop a couple um, and then I think Cats end up fourth that's my top Ooh. four there I reckon it's so I'll recap Dogs Brisbane Melbourne Cats and that that's what Ooh. I reckon the top four round here and then this is the interesting point and this is where we kind of want to go and also this was also asked by my brother Corey Van Arkel um who we reckon is going to be in the top eight for our prediction, but I also kind of wanted to talk about it anyways. From, yeah, so we're expanding here. Yeah, so from from from, from like I know Port Adelaide's on twenty eight, so they've got one more win than six. But from yeah. fifth to like basically twelfth in a sense, maybe thirteenth. Oh, well, actually, from basically fifth to fourteenth. Who well, have you got? Who have you got going out, and who have you got going in? Because there is a lot so of teams in on that fringe now. You're asking for the bottom four, essentially the top yep. eight, because we've both named our top four. Yep. Which are essentially staying the same as who's there at the moment, just changing up the order. Yep. Um. Yeah. So the teams that I would say or call like so, like I mentioned at the top of the show, just a few of the wins that have really opened up the game, like the top eight, like even it would have been great if Port lost just to even make it more even if they're on 24 and the Pies got, you know, because they're not going anywhere anyway. But yeah, in terms of it being wide open, so I'll go with just having a look at who's there. I think West Coast will get better than what they have. So I could see them moving up a bit. I think Port will hold on to fifth kind of place. Um yeah, they've got a pretty good percentage. They've got that game in hand at the moment. They're playing well at home. They've still got um, a bit to add into the side. So I'll go Port fifth. I'll go West Coast to move up one um, into six. And then, oh, let's have a look. I'll go um, Sydney to slide out, out of the eight. So who will I go seventh? You know what? I'm just going to mix up. I'm going to go Frio. Frio is going to finish seventh and... Um, GWS to stay in eighth. Yep. I think for mine, sorry, I'm just looking up. So I've got Richmond missing the eight, just to repeat that. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I, don't worry, I got that. Um, yep. <laughs> I've, I've got in mind, I've got two teams to drop out of that list. And it's going to be surprising, but I think Sydney's one of those ones that isn't so surprising. But I think uh, West Coast for me, I don't know. I just. No, that's fair. I, something about me this season just makes me feel Inconsistent. like. Inconsistent. Very inconsistent, not that good away from home. Don't forget um, who they're missing, though, as well. Oh, like, oh, I know. And that's what um, I was just about to look at, the injuries. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, so I know they've got a lot outside of Richmond, um, in a sense, but I still feel Richmond will make the eight. I, I don't know how high up. Like, like I can understand where you're putting Richmond. That, that's fine yeah. by me because I don't think we're going to go much further than seventh you know um so i've got richmond just in there i've got um and then my team my other random sneaky team to come in of all teams is carlton i don't i just something about me thinks really yeah uh, they've been playing average all year but yeah there's just i'm looking at Fremantle and essendon essendon they have this weird you know 
They're so yeah. inconsistent. They're really good when they're good, but then they're bad is terrible. Yeah. Methods. Well, you know, and, and we've said it every week, there is a lot of upside to Essendon and they're going to be so much better in the next two to three years, in my opinion. Um, but I just think, I don't know, Carlton, it's meant to be their, like, it's meant to be their year for like the last four years. So I'm just putting them in as at eighth, you know, like, I know they've got Sydney this week, but then they've got a pretty decent run, I'm pretty sure, from then on. So... I could be wrong, but yeah, I've got oh, uh, cool. I've got Port, um, probably go Richmond, GWS, Carlton. So I did put Richmond above seventh. So, but I think two of those teams drop out, and I think Giants stay in. So that's yeah. my that's my top eight prediction. I just want to expand a little bit because I didn't really give much context to Richmond missing out on the eight. So everyone's kind of so far, like, as usual, Richmond always have a slow start to the season. They've got that awesome run at the G going home. Like, I think you mentioned it to me off air earlier. What is it? Six of the last seven eight or eight? Eight of the last 12. Eight of the last 12. Um, uh, all at the G kind of thing. But this year, the G actually hasn't been their fortress like it has been historically. Like, they've been smashed at the G by Sydney. By where Sydney was at the G, or yep. was that uh, at Sydney? So that was at the MCG. Yep. Um, and Geelong, even for Geelong to beat you, how we kind of beat you at the G, uh, is very different. And now, like to add on top of it, the news of um, Lynch being injured, coronavirus, and you've got a lot who knows? But that's that's the like the big doubts and everything, and the way that you've lost throughout the season. I heard um, this being discussed in the media and everything throughout the week or early in the week about how that's the, almost the biggest concern is like when you're on top for so long, Richmond are always that side that every club looks at and goes, okay, how can we beat them? They're the premier, yeah. you know? So they're focused on, it's not just now, but because you've been good for quite a while, um, to some extent, they've kind of figured you out exactly. And everyone kind of lifts a little bit extra for that game. So that's where I can just see you guys kind of just missing. Um, yeah, just yep. missing the eight. So we'll, we'll wait and see because there's plenty of footy still to be played. We're almost at the buy round, so kind of the unofficial halfway mark. Yep. Uh, but plenty more footy to be played. But a couple more games that we have to look at. Wait, 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 wait. Just Sorry, I just oh, want to okay, okay, I, I, I just add on to the Richmond thing for a second. Yeah, yeah. Of, which, course, which, of course. Which, which we did discuss <laughs> before the thing. But yes, I do agree. But our only losses have been the teams literally above us at the moment. So, um, you know, when we lost to Sydney, I thought, geez, how the hell did we lose to Sydney? But then you see him in sixth position at round 10 and you go, eh, I can kind of understand that now. Like, it, it doesn't make me feel as bad about the loss. Yeah, they're the Cats as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so they're, 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 doing, they're doing really well, let's be honest, the Swans. Um, and then the only team that we've beaten above us now is GWS. But, you know, when we beat them last week, we are above them. So... The teams that we have been have all been below us, and we actually have rarely played the teams below us. So that's kind of like yeah. our run into finals. So that's my only reason why I've kind of got us up there. But like you said, you know, people will always go harder against Richmond in that sense because they're, they're um, yeah. the, premiers. the premiers. And then the other thing is, like I was kind of touching on, who knows with coronavirus, you know, who knows if we go into hubs, lockdowns, or go up to a different state. Who knows what's yeah. going to happen? And especially coming into winter now, that's when cases will go pretty For wild, sure. unfortunately. 100% or go berserk, yeah. Yep. Now I'll let you go back to your point. All right. Now, like, let's move on to the next kind of... We've got two more games, massive games of footy that we have to discuss that we've kind of touched on here or there. So 
the Frio Sydney game. How good was it to see Buddy kick six goals? Just he come He's comes back. back in and off injury, and he just smashed it. He couldn't lift them almost single-handedly over the line, but it was so impressive. And once again, that Frio side at home, they they are genuinely two to three goals better than what they are away as well. And um, they're deserving winners there. It was just a massive game. Um, finals definitely still alive. Like I mentioned, I've included them in my in my um, top eight at the end of the year prediction at this stage. And uh, Mundy continues to roll on. He has to be All-Australian right now. Yep. Walter's picked up that slack because I remember I almost tipped him. Then I went, oh, you know, Andrew Brayshaw, one of their best young players who's been dominating is out this week. I think they'll really struggle with them. Walters went in for the first time, did the job, and even Lob um, when I think someone went down early on. Yeah, Tabana went down injured, yep. and then you think, oh, okay, where their goal is going to come from? And Lob pops up out of nowhere. Goals. So amazing. Yeah. So all credit to them. They deserve to win the game. They they were the better side overall, and you just had Buddy kind of, and I think Mills and a couple other players that are kind of putting up uh, enough resistance, but. What a game. Like, I, I didn't actually see the whole game, but I saw bits and pieces and highlights. And it was end-to-end type of footy, yep. exciting brand of footy. It was a really, really good game. So, yeah, do you have anything to kind of add on to there? My only worry about Fremantle... Oh, great game, by the way. My only worry yeah. about him is they are only good at home at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, it was a cracker of a game. And then anything that ends up under a, under a kick, mate, like... Definitely worth watching, especially when like goals are kicked by like five in the last five minutes. Yeah. Um, like an experienced head, like we mentioned earlier. Now, absolute belter of a game, and like we said earlier, it just completely opens the door on the um, finals now in that top eight. So, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And now we've got to move on to always good to see Collingwood lose. So yep. we've definitely got to give a little bit of airtime to that. <laughs> yes, we haven't it's given them much airtime the last last and couple of weeks. The- this time it's less about beating Collingwood up, but um, but even talking about Port Adelaide to get that kind of tight win, like we did no, expect them to win. It's definitely a beat up. I, I definitely think Port Adelaide deserved the prison bars now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it was because they don't win that frequently. I guess at the G, especially against the Pies. So yeah. for them, um, I think it was the second. Oh, in the fourth quarter, Port Adelaide kicked four goals to the Pies two. So they kind of you know it was on the. The Pies kind of had the ball in their court, essentially, like with the lead, and I think they led for most of the game. They literally led until the five-minute mark of... Yeah. uh, Sorry, what was it? It was the 18th-minute mark of the fourth quarter. Like, the whole whole game was Uh, in... Massive, right. Collingwood was leading that whole game until the 18th-minute mark of the But then they had a few big players lift, like... Dixon, I think, kick one late and a few of the and, other and, boys. And throw. that smother he did and Houston snapped the goal. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No. So, big. so credit, good good work by Port. And Collingwood put up a fight, uh, like I mentioned, yeah. but um, they yeah, just couldn't get the job like, done. They're versing a, a top five team there, you know, so. That's right. Uh, but, That's yeah, right. it was definitely a good game to watch. Also, another one that went down to the wire. And then, obviously, the late surge by Collingwood to, like, nearly actually get it back onto exactly. their terms. You know, like exactly. um, even though they were down, they got they got two quick goals and within two minutes, now back in it. So uh, it, was, it. it was a good game to watch. All, All right. right. Well, next thing, moving on. Um, did want to like I caught off at the top of the show to talk about the tribunal for a bit because it was a yeah. massive week. The tribunal, I like so. <laughs> to some extent, I was 
uh, when I thought Tony was going to be on the show and in our, you know, fantasy uh, uh, super coach chat, um, all talking about always doing, oh, you know, Geelong protected, blah, 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 this and that. But for the good of the game, I'm really glad that Nick Coleman got off. It yep. was the perfect kind of rundown from behind tackle and in terms of duty of care and everything that he could do for that kind of, which is one of yeah. the most exciting things in our game and in AFL is oh, to yeah. see that come from behind run down tackle personally 100 percent. you know what i actually just thought of a second dickhead of the week um i would call out higgins sean higgins because i don't know if you've seen the footage but he's very lazy half-ass shepherd going mate if you actually there was one player that was only going to get him no one else instead of just lackadaisical putting your hands out like nothing actually look behind you because he was hoping he'd get the ball back because he's not a very good team player i don't think um, yeah, if he just looks and goes, oh, there's one player, I'll just crash into him. Yeah. We wouldn't even be talking about this. He yeah. wouldn't have got... Duncan would be still on the side. Um, we would have probably scored a goal off that or it would have made it into our 50. Yeah. And, um, 50 yeah, so, so Sean Higgins was terrible in that sense. <laughs> and it was a great tackle though. So all credit to Holman. Good on the AFL for, um, for the, yeah, for the tribunal to get it, let him off as they have to, because then it would have just caused chaos and confusion and made everything yeah completely horrible but um yeah do you have any thoughts on that one uh i couldn't agree more i think the whole and like you said one of the most exciting things in footy is to see someone get chased down from behind you know like because you can feel the whole crowd like oh you know what i mean like it's like <laughs> you know what else i love about like not this specific one but about um tackles from behind i love it when it's a ruckman when you're like oh it's a big slow <laughs> ruckman i just remember a few of them <laughs> Here or there, they like just drag down the small player, and you just like, and you're like, and you love it. And yeah. if you're at the game, yell out, ball, you know, yeah, it's ball. And you, exactly. Oh, it's one oh, of the best man. things in our game. It's great, especially if it's someone like Mummy chasing you down. That would be, yeah, exactly. Or, or, or and he's gonna crunch you. Yeah, I remember, I remember, I remember I seeing him. there's been one or two in a granny here yeah. or there where there's been a big ruck and you know if the ruck's tackling like he's putting in the effort because it's oh. so much harder for them to move and move fast and longer strides and bigger that's legs and everything it. but it's awesome uh, well that's like i still remember i seen a meme to this day and it still makes me giggle like thinking about it and it was aaron sandalins and he's chasing down i can't remember who it was it was someone small as but there's a photo and it's him in the back like like the small player in the foreground and he's in the background chasing him and then like it had the caption i believe that jacket belongs to mr gilmore like the happy gilmore and he's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Ch- just his face kind of just made me laugh <laughs> still one of my favorite memes but yes i so the holman tackle uh, i 100 percent give that like a uh, approval to be off you know and uh, as you said like as a geelong supporter it was 100 percent the right call you know his duty of care was perfectly fine like no double action it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just, he didn't drive into his back exactly, it's unfortunate it's, we're it's, in a contact sport exactly and it happens accidents yeah. happen mate it's not it's not exactly. like he, it's not like he there's intended no to hurt. Yeah, exactly. exactly there's no intention to hurt duncan so um the other ones was lucky plowman now this is an odd one yes. and they're, they're, they're challenging they're, it right they're, now they're, they're going to challenge it right now has, has the result come out yeah let me uh, do a quick refresh while we talk about the incident a bit more because so initially when i saw it and um and it got weeks and then you go okay i can see why they would argue that you know in terms yeah. of um, he didn't have an arm out to spoil the ball. So for people that haven't seen the contest, it was somewhat a marking contest. The ball was in the in the field of play there, and he was running up to it, and he noticed with what point two of a second or whatever before yeah. he got there going, oh, oh crap, I'm not going to make this, like, the ball. Yep. I'm not going to be able to reach the ball directly. And so if anything, 
Carlton are saying he braced for contact, while the AFL is saying, no, he bumped. He chose to bump because he didn't have that fist out. If you had the fist out, yeah. be play on. No one would even speak about going, oh, he's clearly attempting to punch the ball. He's um, not trying to take the player out. But as we know, in our game these days, once you elect a bump, you pay the consequences. Yeah. And that's why the AFL looked at it that way and given it two weeks, which is fair enough. We're now hearing that other angle going, oh, well, officially he didn't block. But he went to, yeah, you it's, know, it, it's, um, race it's, for contact. It's to a protect catch. Himself. It's a catch twenty two, isn't it? Because you know, like yeah. he, he's not trying to put himself in that vulnerable, vulnerable position to bump someone. But yeah. if he puts his arm out and say, Amira's head clashes with his head because he's exactly. armed and he hasn't braced for himself, then he's knocking himself out. So it's oh, a, it's, break his arm. Yeah, exactly. It, it literally could have been like, you know, like the danger field Floston type stuff, you know what I mean? Like who knows what yeah, would have happened? Like it, 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 the game is that quick. And, and like, uh, I heard Jacob Wiedering talking today on, um, SEN and he was saying it's just so quick like it's a split second decision like That's what it. do you do yeah. like like, like it's I, not like you line him up from and, 20 and the, 30 meters away and go okay i'm gonna crunch him here and just exactly. smash him off the park oh, and if it is it he, becomes obvious his whole intention that. was to spoil or mark the ball i think it was to spoil it mainly because he, he did look he like he was just behind but he, you could see that split second of I'm not making this, and he's kind of yeah. pulled out, and it's just got to protect himself. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. To some extent, it's, it's, players have got to. It's be only natural to, to protect bra- themselves. Exactly. It's only it's only natural to brace for uh, contact. You know, like like, yeah. and the thing is, Amira didn't know he was coming, but Plowman knew, and yeah. he's like, oh, oh, I'm out of this, yeah. and yeah, and that's the way. Yeah. And then the other one was because this was the most um, tribunals in one week in a very very long time. Oh, that's it. Um, yeah, and those yeah. are learning, like to some extent. They know their duty of care. They get it drilled into them here or there, and yep, um, yeah. So, like you mentioned, yep. it has been the busiest that we've had for a very long time. The picket one, so Richmond. Yep. yep. Um. Honestly, yep. I, I agree with one week, to be honest. It was just silly. It was excessive. It was just unnecessary. It was just, I think it was just that little bit late. I think like uh, we were saying earlier, it's just that little bit late. If it was another second beforehand, like I feel like you'd get away with it. But I think they're also worried about the, I think they're also worried about the second, yeah, the second action because yeah. it was like yeah it was like contact and then a little bit of drag Bang. to ground like not yeah. that he was dropping him on his head or anything but he, nah. it, it was it's like that like second action hanger though as well yeah like kind of clothes hanging out and, and, and you just don't want to say that in the game and, and i think like, it, i think it all came out of frustration too like like obviously yeah. the, the way the team was performing how he was being kind of dealt with a little bit off like off the ball like it was it's not like he was getting like like everyone gets the same attention i'm not saying singling him out like he was yeah, oh, but I think it was just built up frustration, and um, yeah, for sure, happy with a week. Like I would have been, honestly, I would have been happy with a fine or a week. So like, yeah. as long as like if someone said two weeks, I would have been like, yeah, that's a bit excessive. But yeah, you know, no one got injured. Everything it was fine. It was just a little bit of uh, frustration, in my opinion. But that's for the uh, tribunal. So yeah, tribunal. I think they got one and a half right because I can understand yeah. the AFL on the Plowman one. But I also yeah, understand Carlton it. on the Plowman one. So um, I think there was one definite out. There was one definite that needed to be overturned, which was overturned. And then the other one... Uh, and Plowman I, one's 50-50. Yeah, so it's just we'll very 50-50. The, uh, the footy gods and the pa- panel there to be independent, see who can argue their case and go on merit and see whichever one that they think is best there. Yep. Now, Hayden, I've got a question for you. Yep. So unrelated question here, but... 
we're kind of talking about it a bit earlier, so I could have mentioned it a bit earlier. Um, but just in terms of, you know, the AFL umpiring has been in the news and in a bit of contention, but, but what's your thoughts on... Do you think this is the worst kind of AFL umpiring we've seen for quite a while, or what are your thoughts there? See, my thoughts on it is... I don't think the umpiring's been... T- like, oh, it's hard to say because... My theory is it's just so inconsistent. You know, what is holding the ball one night is not holding the ball the next night. Like, prior opportunity just seems to be coming and going now. Like, like even uh, when we're talking about... So, I think the two rules right now that that are really... Possibly three rules that are drilling me at the moment. And this isn't just a bash on Richmond or, you know, like, this isn't me being biased. But, like, even Adelaide, like, I love that they won that game. But yep. there was a clear hold on the ball by uh, Keys in that last two yep. minutes, um, and then there was also so, so, and then there was the deliberate. So my yep. my three things at the moment is the standing of the mark because I've seen so much players get away with kind of mucking around on the mark. Yeah, I've seen. Um, I think you're allowed to muck I've, around as long as you don't move forward. Oh or yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, they have moved forward. Sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, they, yeah, I know you can stand yeah, on yeah. one foot and do what Harry Sanders yeah, do and boom really, people. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm not saying that's you're, 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 you're allowed to do all that. Like, that's fine by me. But, but it's actually kind of funny to be honest to watch. Yeah, I actually, I actually, like actually enjoy well. that part. But um, you know, I think that those are the three rules at the moment that are just so inconsistent. You know, like obviously Zohar kicking it forward and then getting a the deliberate to like. You know, yeah, like, like it literally, like, like, yeah. like, like that, and then, and then, and then the Adelaide hand pass, like, clearly ten meters away, like, like that saves, that's a game changer. Um, yeah, and it's happened more than know, like, like three occasions like, that, yeah, we know and, that we can so call like, out. Well, like they're the three kind of ones. So like, you got that deliberate, you know, that's the Adelaide game. You've got that. Uh, holding the ball, you know, against Blixar's yep. like the Zach Bailey one. You've got yes, that's uh, right. Like, and you've, then the like, one as the, well. And that that's that's where the consistency for me is really pissing me off. Yep. It's I understand it's very hard to adjudicate, but it is. I feel like these three rules are really like changing the dimension of the game in a. And, yeah, yeah. It, it is really hard because, like we mentioned from the start, we don't, we're not here to bash umpires. You and yep. me are pretty reasonable. We're yep. pretty like we're we want to be unbiased and not go oh because my team lost or whatever or all oh, the umpires do shit and they're the worst and, and get I, rid of them or anything like that because they're so vital to the game. And I know that, and like, yeah, they're I, human. They're yeah, human they're well, human too. And, and, and I also know there's like the nineteenth man in a sense. You know, like every club, like say it's a home team. It's the noise of oh, affirmation that that, that that changes the umpire's decision. It's, it's human it, nature. It's a human 100%. nature. Like, the, 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 like that. Like I'm human too. Like uh, if I was an umpire and I just felt the crowd absolutely booing me, I would give oh, in. I'd give in. I would, it's I ringing would, through your exactly. bloody whole body. Like you can you know, like, feel the, the noise. You, you've got to have some serious balls to become an AFL umpire, and that's the worst thing because not much sure. people want to become one well, these days. We need them. Exactly. That's the thing. Um, we need them in the game, and they've been getting bashed from pillar to post from players yep. from coaches from the media yep. from from everyone so um yeah so to throw i guess my two cents in i don't think it's the worst i think it's been unlucky that even they lost like they lost the umpiring coach mid-season yep. like that's never happened before that he left a few weeks ago and to some extent you can kind of see the proofs in the pudding like they need yep. the support around them the training i think they're full-time nowadays which is good and kind of had to happen considering how much money and everything's in our game I just think they need a little bit more um, support in the back yep. end, help them so that they can, uh, you know, like players so they can get the right coaching to make the right decisions because we owe it to the game. Like, we, 
game, uh, AFL footy's been awesome this year. It's hard to remember a better season so far. We're only 10, yeah. 10 rounds in. Yep. And um, and therefore, we need the umpires to make the correct call, even when the pressure's on. So even in oh. those crunch moments that we've seen, like you've already went over, we won't go over it again. But yeah, we need them to be able to make that call when yep. needed. And we want the result to be not, I guess, essentially influenced in incorrectly by the umpiring. So I think we've spoken enough on it. So I feel sorry for them to some extent. Um, but uh, they do have to get better. I, I, I do have one more question towards the umpiring. Do you feel like the adjudication of some of the rules just seem different in different states? Or is that just me? Like, do you feel like sometimes, like, um, well, you'll see, like, in, like, you know, say, let's say North, let's say, like, Brisbane, Gold Coast games, like, the holding the ball will be, like, just so much more different to Victoria. And then the holding the ball in, like, say, uh, Perth, like, that weekend will be so much more different to that too. And it just it just seems like there's like a little bit of loose connection in my in my, see, my eyes. I see the um the the bow that you're drawing there. I'll I'll disagree. I'll say I don't think it has anything to do with the geographical location because I know a lot of the umpires travel. Yeah. So race yeah, around so yeah, of course it's everywhere. everywhere yeah. and, whatnot, and some group together here or there. But there'll be some umpires that are that are pretty based, you know, over in Perth or whatever and they stick to the that side of Australia. But I think it's more um, like players, um, they do have a here or there. They'll never admit it, but they have a rule of the week or where they're focusing on. It's like any footy team. Yeah. You know, one week you'll see a team tackles more and they go, okay, we're focusing on tackles. This week we're focusing on controlling the ball and marks yeah. or we're focusing on handballs. So you'll see a lot more handballs than normal. And it happens with the umpiring as well, undoubtedly. Yeah. And um, so I think there are, they're, like they showed not last week, uh, maybe there was, well, not this weekend, but the weekend before, the massive difference between one game on Friday, um, who was it, the Saints, the Saints game, where there was no holding the balls. And then the on the Sunday, they had the complete opposite, yeah, where it was just, it was just massive difference and everything was holding the ball. So yeah, it was the St. Kilda-Geelong game, where there was nothing. Yep. And then there was the Melbourne-Carlton game, where it was pretty much every tackle was rewarded. So they're the two ends of the scale and going, so... We don't want to see this in the final series, for example, but for that, some reason... That's in, the consistent Yeah, that's what drills... Well, when we reach finals, the umpiring's always awesome. Like, they let a few things more go that they should, and they make the calls that they should, but, you know, they've had the whole season, you know, kind of get it right. Yeah, you know? I couldn't agree more. I, I Like, there's always going to be, like, a, one bad, oh, a couple bad calls in the final series, but they're, they're ten times better than the home and away season. Ten times better. Like, yeah. I, I don't... Like, you know, like, I've seen us lose, you know, finals to, like, uh, obviously Brisbane and Collingwood, and then I've seen us win a lot of finals now, but I've never really knocked the umpires in finals in those in those moments. Like, I, yeah. I truly believe that it's just, unfortunately, not much people want to become an AFL umpire these days, and, and, and the best of the best obviously get called up for those games. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, that's exactly right. So that's kind of a reward for them when they make it that far, like whoever gets yeah. selected for the grand final yeah. and all the bigger games and everything like that. Yep. I've got, so, um, anyway, I've, should we, uh, unless you've got something I've else got to a, add? I've got a question to ask. Okay, please do. Why do players always step up when they're out of contract? Like, I get the whole. <laughs> I've got the. I get the whole like. Oh yeah, like um, trying to lure in like probably potential other clubs. You know, like to like gain interest, but like. Why aren't these players playing like this before their contract's ending, you know? And, and obviously, I'm excusing Patrick Cripps out of this because he's having probably his worst season and he's coming out of contract. But 
players like Petrarca, like like I know like a lot of these players have re-signed by the way, but like Petrarca, Bontebelli, Chera, Bolton, like yeah, like Bond was never going anywhere. He's a captain of their club, but he kept these That's options true. open by only doing a four-year deal. Yeah, to some extent, because how old would he be? He'll be, be twenty-eight or twenty-nine. They said. And then, which is still pretty peak career in a sense for a lot of the big yeah. names. So, um, even if like he hasn't won a premiership by then, maybe he'll well. Bob Murphy and Andy Marr had him on earlier tonight, uh, like congratulating him, and then Andy Marr even like did the cheeky dig. Like, oh, so you keep in like you only did the four year deal, so so, so so you can yeah. sign with Carlton in the last couple of years. <laughs> To be honest, though, it might be smart from the Bulldogs, where yeah, you want to keep him and everything, but at the same time. Um, by not committing to longer because there's been those long deals and then people always shoot him down going like, oh, oh yeah. stupid to give Coniglio, you know, six years and Buddy, nine buddy, years, whatever it was. Lynch could and be even, a big uh, one. Grundy, yeah. Grundy yep. like, to give those. So only four years, it gives the club options too because not agree. that he's going to be a bad player or anything, but then it just gives them financially a way to structure it better. And, and, then, then, and then they leading up to it, you can sign them up early and change the, the structure to make their exactly. salary cap work better and everything. Yeah. And so you can change the dynamics. Yeah. You know, like say in three years' time, he's still an f- absolute jet. You go, all right, well, you want another two years, you know, like you want another three years. It's, I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a really good yeah. thing. But, but overall, I think, um, yeah, I think that's kind of a, it's not a bad thing. Per se, so to answer your question, because you did pose it as a question at the yep. start, I think it's um it's a human psychology thing. Like it's just a motivation thing. Like to some extent, everyone always wants to you know play their best, but it's human nature. We can't be up all the time. Yep. Playing up at that top level. So for them to be able to you know um you could even argue the same with kind of Grundy this year. Like where at times he was a little bit down. Um. Well, last year he was unbelievable, and then he got the big contract. You know he was after. Yeah. And you can argue, you can make an argument that, you know, he tapered off kind of from there, um, fairly or unfairly per se. But yeah, yeah, I think it is that human and human nature aspect. Even Dugowie is along the same lines too. Exact, 100%. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that too. So, I, yeah, so overall I'd say it's because of that. Um, yeah, because of that factor is, is yeah, why, is why it yeah. happens. So, it's a, yeah, it's a human psychology nature, especially when you've got that, that pressure, like there is pressure that comes with it, um, wanted or not, depending, even if you deal well with pressure, still there, some people thrive in it and hence why they play really good. And other players, you know, it's a big distraction for them uh, and whatnot. And they make up their mind early, but they don't discuss it all, whatever, for whatever reason. So, yeah, but good question. Good question, Hayden. Beautiful. And uh, any, so going into the following week now, what are your games yeah. that uh, you are looking forward to the most? Oh, well, it's undeniable. We all know this one. We've been looking forward to it for weeks. Yep. I'll say even last week, week before, and going, oh, can we have, even early in the season talk, can we have two undefeated sides playing each other in round 11? Uh, it was uh, absurd to almost think of it, but it, it's happened where in terms of they're both dropped just the one game now. Um, so the Western Bulldogs and uh, Melbourne Friday night. So that should be an absolute belter of a game uh, to some extent unfortunately it's at marvel where there's less people that are there and it'll be that could be the difference where it could be the dogs you yeah know, it's there they play the there's best a there. fortress could, it's there. yeah exactly but i think it won't be like obviously last week yeah, it's not incomparable where you're playing another really really good side with good structures um I could almost make an argument to some extent that you could say the dogs have been somewhat flat track bullies to some extent, but their best is the best in the competition, undoubtedly. 
to some extent. So for them, um, it will be really interesting just to kind of see, uh, yeah, see see who comes out on top. I've tipped Melbourne um, by eight points, so I think it'll be a really close game. Um, I feel I feel like they've got better structure throughout the ground and better players overall. Where I think the doggies midfield is the best. Yep. But yeah, like May, um, their forward and back line, like May Lever. Um, if Salem should come back in, yes, and then Tom McDonald in the four line picket, I just feel they have the best kind of mix there. So I to agree. even see like Norton against um, against Stephen May or Lever, and yeah, to see how it all kind of works in the forward line will be will be fascinating. So that's what I cannot wait for this game. Like I was actually going to go to another live sporting event, and I was like, nah, stuff it. I really want to watch that game. Like, yeah, um, if we're allowed, I'll go to the pub, and hopefully both games will be on, and just enjoy and watch it with a partner and a few beers well i am going the opposite end i am going the dogs and based off that uh home ground advantage because it is their fortress they're just playing great footy i know like the injury to adam trelaw now out with best mate dunkley is a big is a big um out they'll have fun and rehab together i I know (laughs) they'll become even better friends now you know like on on the sideline so that's good for them i guess um but yeah I do agree with you in terms of um, structure. I, I do yeah. agree Melbourne are probably a better structured team. I just think that Fortress that they're playing on, um, and you, you could tell it was evident when they versed Richmond at the MCG and lost to us, that, yep. I don't know, it's, I think it's yeah, just the, the playing space, the, the shape of the yeah, ground. Yeah, the shape That's of the ground. It. it just suits their game style. But and and I, think, I think that takes it away from Melbourne too. One thing to throw up that's different that dogs haven't had at, marvel all season the roof is going to be open could be wet oh um so that is a factor yes, Wait, i'm going to quickly factor. check the weather actually because they said because of the covid restrictions for those that don't know that it will be open so oh it's, it's only possible shower so it won't really be a wetness factor but still to have the roof open will be a bit Moisture, more chilly i think yep. yeah exactly um so it's a 10 percent chance less than one mil but who knows it can change and in a couple I, of days so is english back yet did he come back last week no, I don't believe so. Believe me, I do have the injury list open right here, and I'm on the dog. So he's a test for concussion. So not, they didn't bring him back. They didn't want to rush him back for okay, it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it says he's expected to return after a month. So he's actually been out for a whole month. He had a wow. month off with that concussion, yeah. which is quite yeah. con- which good is... on them for doing it, like yeah. for being safe. And if they yeah. know he's not 100, yeah, exactly. There's no yeah, point, there's especially no when he's a young star that. They can see playing yep. for you know a very long time. Well, so and he, he's been in such good form, and you know, like uh, I think I think the best thing for him right now is he's going to come back and go up against the number one ruck in uh, the AFL oh. right now. So yeah, it's it's going to yeah. so it's oh. good that they're bringing him back for that game. So it, it, it's honestly going to. I could de- see him getting towered up though because Gorn's yeah. just a beast. But then who knows? They might play the other kid. I can't oh. remember his name now to support Sweet. him because Steph Martin's injured as well. Sorry. Sweet. Sweep? Yes, sweep, that's right. Was. Very sweet. Yeah, yep. yeah. Josh yep. Sweet, I think it is. Yep. Um, and um, that's why they brought Steph Martin in was to give him a chop out more than anything because they've been playing um, playing him forward more than anything in English this season. But he definitely, obviously. Um, is is their ruckman? So once they have a full team, and when these sides undoubtedly or hopefully they meet again later in the year in the finals, um, and they have hopefully both full squads, will be awesome again. Well, just go, to see. going back over like earlier, um, 
Libba being the clearance king yes. and the contested. Well, he's and going Oliver. head. He's going head to head now with Oliver, which is the uh, contested king events. Yeah, in the second sure. round. So it's, it's gonna. It throws up a lot That's of things be because a lot of people think the ruck tap like. If you've got good midfielders, it can kind of change it. Like yeah. you, you can nullify like Gaunt's influence if you can read the ball, blah blah blah. But now you've got two solid midfields. You know, Petrarca, Oliver, and whoever else they throw in there. Yeah. Um, like well, I, I don't, I don't, exactly. don't even know the third one, like Harms or something. I don't know. And then you've yeah. got you know your Bond, but and like obviously now the Trelaw injury and like no Dunkley, so you got your Libba, Bond, and McRae. Or whoever else goes in there instead of Bond, I can't remember. It's going to be a, a oh, it's going to be a bloody good battle that midfield. Like I, I'm actually really looking forward to seeing the midfield battle. Like that's that's the main thing oh, out of that game for me. Like awesome. like like, uh, like we so know good. we know the forwards are all good and whatnot, and like it just depends whoever's getting the ball in on their day. Let's be honest. It's just um that midfield, like whoever's winning the ball and getting it into that forward fifty for me. So. I'm I'm gonna go the dogs because I think they've got like a really good midfield, but obviously like you know, yeah. like I'm not taking, really I'm not I'm, I'm not taking any, I'm not I'm not taking anything against demons either because they've got a bloody good midfield themselves. So, uh, game of the round, I reckon a hundred percent for that yeah, one. For you. And then for what my game yourself? of the round, I am going to go. Look, there's like I'm not gonna. This isn't my game of the round, but there is a lot in that Brisbane Gi- Brisbane Giants game. I just want to see I if Brisbane. Can, I want I want to see if Brisbane can back it up. Um, but I think but, Brisbane are heavy favourites. Like, of course, it's at home, so they should be. But I almost think, yeah, like I could see like GWS at the line, for yeah. example, and, kind and, of thing. Like, and, I think and, they're better than the four dollars seventy five that they're currently priced. The other thing, the other thing is, is. The the Lions got under Tiger's skin, but I feel like the Giants can get under the Lions' skin a little bit, and it'd be good to see sure. if they if they kind of did this a similar tactic. But who knows? We'll see how that goes. Um, they had but, an upset win last week, so I could see GWS pulling something out of the bag to at least make it uncomfortable. Ask the question if they keep in it early, like they kind of did last week. Like I remember, I actually watched most of the West Coast game, and we were kind of like, okay, just waiting for West Coast to pull away here, just yep. waiting for them to pull away, and they just held off. Kept getting those goals, kept winning it out of the midfield. Green just kept dominating, and uh, yep. yeah, it was awesome. So, so, but my actual game of the round is Sydney versus Carlton. I think uh, Carlton. This is, yes, I know, I put him in my eight, but it's a lot right in on him. And exactly, uh, you know, if, if they want that eight spot, then they've got to kick someone out. And who better than the the shaky? Yep. you'd say to some extent, consistent uh, Sydney. Yep, and listening to some Carlton players on SEN this morning, like they, you can just tell they're going up there on a mission, you know. And I've just, I don't know, when when I know a team's on a mission, like I, I just get this feeling, um, and I just, yeah. I feel like Carlton's going to steal this from them at Sydney's home game. You know, Sydney's been playing good footy, yeah. whatnot, and uh, I just feel Carlton's going to get them on this one. Do you? Do you like this game? I could see it. Yeah, I could see it happening. Like uh, in terms of what you've kind of built up there, like. Um, the Blues got that win last week. That was good. Although it was against Hawks, you know, uh, they still they still did enough and did it at the right times to kind of uh, see, like, this can turn their season in, in that sense. Like, this is the exact same game as Frio last week, essentially. If the Swans lost this one as well, then that just really puts their finals hopes. Like, it really would have solidified it if they won the last two weeks or this week and last week against Frio because they're the chasing pack behind. Yep. So this really determines going, hey, do you really deserve to be in that top half of the ladder, um, Sydney, that you've got to beat these sides below you? And um, 
I think it's a really good call-out because, you know, Swans have got some really good players that, like, can Buddy kick another bag or will he, you know, tw- tweak something um, in training this week or yeah, will he pull out something, yeah. yeah, exactly, big big on game day. Well, Carlton's got a lot of those, you know, Ben Mackay could kick a bag as well and, um, and Walsh just keeps rolling on. He's been and, so impressive and this year. And they've also put Williams starting in the back line now and... And it worked. But, but the being, he's starting Isn't to get possession, starting to get possessions, and actually do like have an influence on the game. You know, so it's yeah. If they if they stick to their tactic at the moment, I think they're looking pretty. Good. I like the way they're starting to change their season yeah. a bit. You know, like I like I know sure. they, I know they lost to Melbourne, but that's when they first put Williams back in there, and they looked more dominant on the, around the ground. So I, I personally yeah. think this is a big game for him, and I think I think it this is, is uh, Carlton's. I, game. I think Carlton will get up in this game. All right, let's wait and see. I'll just call out then one more game, kind of not my game of the round or anything, but along the same lines as what you've kind of just mentioned is the Port Adelaide Fremantle game. So in terms of if Frio really want to, you know, they had the big big enough win against someone higher up them on the ladder. Once again, they're playing someone else now in the bottom four of the top eight. They're going, hey, if you really want that spot, although now you're away from home, so that's the biggest doubt on them that they're so much better at home. So I think I don't think they can get up, but I think they're a better side than what, um, you know, the, the odds at the moment that are, are placed on that game. So that'll be a really fascinating one and if Fife and, and those stars that we mentioned from last week. So if Mundy can do his thing, if Lob can pop up and kick a few more goals. If Walters um, can everything. fire. I need Walters to fire. I haven't seen exactly. him much this year. No, no. He's been relatively quiet and disappointed, but he has been playing more like less midfield time to allow like Brayshaw, yep. like Andrew Brayshaw to dominate. So I think they expect him to come back because I, well, I can't remember actually. I might have to double check that on the injury list. But um, yeah, so that'll be a really fascinating game and to see, oh, this is one of those ones where Port could essentially slip up. You know, they only beat Collingwood by a point last week. They lost to the, they got to the Doggies the week before that. And then, you know, the Lions, they lost again there. So they've went, been going win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. And now it's win, so is this their loss again? So and, and sometimes it'll it's, be a big game. And sometimes it is hard travelling and then coming home, like, from a travel to get back up again. You know what I mean? But yeah, for Port Adelaide, for sure. it could be hard also, you know, going from Victoria back. So it, it's just as hard for them too. So, But, no, it'll, it'll be a good game. I think that's also definitely a good shout. I, I, I really like that game and did you want to mention any other games uh, before we, uh, not really like i mean R- richmond really need to win their game and so do west coast west coast uh at home so that yeah. should be in their advantage against essendon um That's it. they're both big favorites they're, they're the two teams that really need to win i think geelong will get collingwood um and th- so they should and then that north end um st kilda like i mean it's just kind of like st kilda holding on you know, if, 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 it could be a big if, game, actually. Yeah. Imagine doomsday scenario. What happens if North Melbourne win this game? <laughs> like, what's that mean for Saints? Like, yeah. I don't think, they don't I don't, give a yelp yeah. here. I don't, oh. I don't think it means anything for Brett Ratton in anything of, like, coaching I don't advice. Know. I, I, I don't. I, I feel like it puts a lot more pressure on the whole club as a whole. Like, I, I, I think they'll stick with him after, like, you know, he comes in for one year and they make, what, fourth or fifth last year? Fifth or sixth or whatever yeah. it was. Um, so they play, finally played finals under him. I just think this year, like, this manning the mark rules definitely changed the dynamic of a lot of things. Um, but, yeah, I just... 
if they lose, yeah, a lot of pressure, but they've also had some other big losses already, so it just doesn't yeah. do as much for me personally if they do lose. But when you lose to the bottom of the table, you know, they've only had one win, but it was recent. Like, so I've actually tipped North in, in a bit of an upset there just because of how poor St Kilda were, but and it's a marvel too. Yeah. But that's both their home grounds. Exactly. So, that's what, yeah, that's what I mean. Good. Like, it's it, like, at yeah, least yeah. it's at marvel. So. It's not Let's like it's, it's not like um, North are going to be un- inexperienced at that stadium, so that'll be. We've given be... them more airtime than what we thought. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Game, but uh, that's it. good. Well, um, wait. One thing before we do actually go, I did have kind of a question for you that I didn't think I'd slot in a bit earlier, but it'd be good here before our final siren, unless you've already pulled the trigger on it. No. Um, is We've kind of mentioned it in our both of our unsung heroes of the week in terms of keys and limber, but that kind of reminds me of a few of... I'd say they're right up there with the most improved players in the AFL for this season. Did you have kind of any off the top of your head or whatnot? Like, who are your most improved players um, from in uh, during 2021 compared to last season? Uh, oh, I am biased with Shea Bolton, but then there is, like, <laughs> Hugh, Hugh Greenwood... Um, is definitely one. I think, awesome, I think. I think. I think. I, was, I, think, I, think I, think, I mentioned this to you earlier. I think took like I think in uh, as a whole that midfield in the sense of took Miller, um, Greenwood, and even Brandon Ellis. I think has had better, been playing a lot better at a different club than he. Like he was a good Richmond player, but I think he's definitely um, played a lot better in that sense. Um, yeah. Jared Lyons, Hugh McLuggage. Like I feel like they've been, like taken their game to the next level. Um, yeah. I don't know it's kind of hard to think of, like across the it board. Is. Well, I'd say like a few of those, like in terms, of, in my opinion, that they've always been good, but just underrated more than yep. their improvement. Like I think, yeah, McCluggage was a bit underrated last year, and yep. uh, especially Lines. Like I think he's been doing this for years. Like he's <laughs> genuinely just accumulating the ball, oh, actually, even when he was at other sides and whatnot. But there's yeah, there's a definite one, and he plays for your team. Uh, Cam Guffrey, I think he's just taking his game to the next level. You know, like you could team start stringing stuff together towards the back end of last year, but this year I well, think he's just wow. He, he was recognised internally because he was our BNF winner. So yeah. last year he was awesome. All year he kind of kicked it off. I'd say last year he was our most improved, like from the season before, and he and he has he, continued he it. So up, hopefully yeah. he's not injured because I think he's a test for his shoulder or maybe one week for his shoulder or whatnot. But no, that's a good call out. So the other ones that I kind of had on my list um, was Darcy for Freo. I think he's been Sean awesome. Darcy, yeah. like he's finally got a good run at it and not been injured. And he's actually showing what he can produce. And he's really stood up yep. um, in games and been influential for them. Um, I can't go past Parrish. Yeah, like he Darcy could be Parrish, the so most improved. Yeah, oh, 100%. His Essendon. last month is well. Oh, it's it's been elite, like genuinely, it's been elite. And like a lot surprise, of like, lo- I think... lo- like a lot of Essendon supporters have been saying, they're like, "Oh, you play a midfielder in the midfield." You know? <laughs> exactly, that's <laughs> exactly what I was gonna say. And whoop de do, look what happens where you, a high draft pick Ugh. where he's been dominating his whole like. Oh, footy. I, I I think Truck's gonna do really well for them. Yeah, um, I think Nick Hind as well. So while yep. we're on Essendon, he's really improved this year and really put himself kind of right out there. And then they kind of last. Other couple I have is Hickey, as I can't, oh, I've mentioned wow. in previous weeks. Like, wow. uncomparable. Like, in terms wow. of just what the influence he's had over the game, um, where before he was just, oh, yeah, he'll... He was like a second ruckman, yeah. And exactly, yeah, pretty much. He's your backup. He'll 
when your main one's resting, um, main Ruckman's resting, he'll hold. And that was about it. And now he's winning them games. Yep. Um, and to go back onto the, the doggies, uh, Dale, Bailey Dale, um, has been yeah. awesome off the back Rejuvenated line. in the back line, yeah. Form. Yeah, as well. So Insane. Ooh, what an episode, though. Yeah. Like, I mean, what a, that was awesome. There was so much footy to talk, and it was, it was really good to just bash it out with you there. That's right it. Thank you. And that's the final siren here at AFL Works. So time for our crazy prediction. I'm going to kick it off. I predict that there's not going to be much of a crowd at the uh, Marvel game and, <laughs> and Simon Goodwin at the end of the game just says, we hate coming to Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good prediction, actually. Uh, I like that. And we'll see. I could see him doing it just to be facetious and yeah, take it. It would be funny. Oh, my, I, even I would piss myself if he did that. <laughs> yeah, it'd be pretty. And he's getting... I can see he's the kind of coach where he's kind of cheeky, like, yeah, in front I, I of me. He's doing this confidence and swagger about him now, which yeah. is fair enough when your team's flying before this weekend, especially when you're, you know, 9-0, and now 9-1, and yeah. um, and everything's going right. You you get that uh, confidence, unsurprisingly. That's it. And um, I guess from my point I kind of mentioned it earlier, um, and we did go into a bit of detail, and it's kind of an end-of-the-season call, but from... The loss on the weekend. I'm, my prediction is that Richmond are going to miss the eight. So I'm, I'm think they'll just maybe they'll return to their ever faithful um, ninth position where they sit on the ladder currently. Their their natural habitat. If, 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 meme this if, week, if we if we it. don't come in the top eight, I just hope we finish tenth, just for the sake. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> it was too much pain, too much pain, and bad memories that come back. PTSD for you guys there. That's it. Like, like, like you're saying with the meme that you you seen. Yeah, so there was a meme where it was like, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, the English documentary guy. What's his name? Uh, David Attenborough. Attenborough. Yeah. And it said, "Oh, um, here we have, you know, the tiger in its natural habitat." And it just <laughs> showed Richmond in ninth on the ladder. I was like, "Yes, yes, that is great." As yeah. a Richmond fan, <laughs> I've seen that meme plenty of years in a row. So it's that's it. It's a, it's an <laughs> old it it, it, it's an oldie but a goldie. So that's exactly. it. Exactly. Never goes old. Well, thanks thanks for all listening in tonight. It's been an absolute blast, and there was a lot of good footy chatter out there. We went from we've mixed up our numbers. How we went from what three hosts like our three regulars last week we had four with you missing. This week we're missing Tony. Who knows? We might have the original crew back next week. We might not. We might be in the lockdown. We might not. We'll, uh, we'll might, might have twenty people. On next week who knows <laughs> that's it that's it we might get who knows we, we're always keen for a for one of the boys a, a new special guest to come on board so we'll see if we can yes. suck anyone aboard otherwise hopefully we'll be us three next week that's it um and if anyone has any questions or anything that they would like us to raise during the show feel free to hit us up on all of our socials, socials. And, and just hit us up with a message and, and even um, footy tipping, jump on. Yes, footy tipping, jump on. Footy tipping. Yeah, it's still <laughs> never too late. We're still if getting you there. use footytips.com.au, then they can just slot in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. All right. Well, that's us from AFL Holics, guys. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye. You can find these three idiots on their socials Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook under AFL Holics. Kiss your dad on the lips for me, and we will see you in the next one.